Yes, indeed, do we not know this? Thank you, Father God, that you've won the war. Thank you, Jesus. You have a plan in the midst of this vile and and rebellious world full of sin and hopelessness. You have a hope, a plan to bring redemption, deliverance, and a good end, a blessed end to those who follow you. Father, I thank you that your kingdom come. Your will be done, O God, on earth and in through us, as it's being done and declared in heaven, that you'll cause your people to not lose hope, but to be strengthened, Lord God, in your word, in your promises, in your faithfulness, in your goodness, in your consistent goodness towards us, O God. I thank you, Jesus, that you died on the cross, that you came, that you fulfilled the prophecy, even given by, the, by, by God the Father in Genesis, where he said the seed of the woman would crush the, the head of the serpent, the seed of the serpent. So, Father, we thank you for the completion and the continuation of that promise and the fulfillment of it, Father. We thank you, Jesus, that you died on the cross. That part's been done. You rose from the dead. That part's been done. You set up the church. That part's been done and is in the process of gathering in the lost souls so that we can rejoin you, Father God, and that your kingdom will come to earth. We thank you, Lord, for giving people hope and perspective in this matter. We thank you, Jesus, that you have promised us that you never leave us or forsake us, that no weapon formed against us will prosper, that no word said, deed done, action taken will be able to be used by the enemy to bring forth any shame, trouble, or reproach. So God, guide us, encourage each one today as they listen. May their hearts be stirred up. May their hearts be quieted. May we walk in the fullness of the clarity of vision, seeing who you are. And in the midst of all of this darkness and madness, we will see clearly the who you are and what you are leading and saying for us to do. We thank you, Jesus, for completing the work that you have begun in us. We thank you for being faithful that you are the God of goodness and justice. Justice and righteousness are the foundation of your throne. And we thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name, as we ask for divine protection that no weapons formed against us will prosper. That the words said, the deeds done, the actions taken against us, our families, our, those who work for us, pray for us and love us, would be removed and we'd be brought into the fullness of um, protection and victory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, you're back. I'm back. Where have you been? I've been out and about. Oh, I guess. Out and about indeed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but it's great to be back with you again. Mm-hmm. It's nice to have you back. Then I don't We're getting along work. fine. It's just that I've been... Uh, <laughs> on other projects and issues and assignments, so forth. So yeah. other assignments. Well, today we're going to be talking about Jesus, the Son of God and the Son of Man. We're coming, approaching again, the time of the year when we think about or meditate on Jesus coming as a baby, as the gift from God to um, um, d- redeem the world. And uh, so we're going to be looking at some of those more mysterious issues as we go through this hour. Well, what we have is, you know, that actually the birth of Jesus Christ probably occurred somewhere around September 11th. Um, we don't know exactly when that was. It mm-hmm. certainly was not on what we call Christmas Day. Well, and but, evi- but, evidently God didn't think it was that important right. to know that. Another thing is that one of the things, though, one of the great values of what we call Christmas 
is the fact that it gets us, it should get us mm -hmm. to focus on the coming of mm -hmm. the Savior. Yes. Uh, and, and but but of course Satan has got you know Santa and all that yeah, other stuff to get, distractions. <laughs> we've got to get uh, the gnomes out of Christmas. Yeah, the let's elves get the gnomes and the elves and the Santas and because it's all everything. distraction. It's all demonic but, but let's, distraction. Let's get to the heart of this. Mm -hmm. the, and the, the, and the real heart the of real, the problem. The heart of this is yeah. that in, in John chapter one verse one. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So in the beginning, we already have Jesus Christ as uh, one of the uh, you know, main um, characters or players in this drama, and he is known as the Word. He's living in heaven, abiding with the Father. Right, right. And so he is, there's no beginning mm -hmm. for the Son of God. Because yeah. he has no beginning, he has no end. Mm -hmm. um, he, uh, before the beginning of anything that we know of in mm -hmm. time or space, he was there. He is there. He and is he the was the I he am. was the instrument through which the Father. He's the Word, and God used the Word, spoke the Word, and the worlds were created. So the Bible says in Colossians in various places that. In him, in Jesus, all things consist. They're all held together. All held together, and all things were created by him and mm -hmm. through him. And it, even, so, yeah, even the marks in the body, the connectors, <laughs> the body, the, you know, muscles and bones and nerves, all the connectors are in the form of a cross. Kind of interesting. God leaves his fingerprints everywhere as if uh, we would need to detect who in the world started all this. But as you said in the beginning, was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He created everything, and then he created man. And when he created man and woman, Eve, Adam, in the garden, there was a great plot against the human race devised by Satan, um, the devil, Lucifer, whoever you want to call him, who came down in the form of a sa serpent. He, he came down, he, he invaded the garden. He got in. In, in you know crawled in was in I don't know how he got in but that doesn't really matter he was able to convince Eve of doing what God said don't do which was don't eat the fruit off the tree the forbidden tree of the knowledge of what good and evil, good and, evil. and to this very day that quest for the knowledge uh, of good and evil you know the God particle the whatever we're all looking for it has been the motivator uh, that Satan has used to push humankind away from God. Well, in Colossians, you referred to Colossians, it talks about Jesus Christ is the, he, he contains all the wisdom of God. In him are found all wisdom and knowledge are found in, in, in Christ, in the, um, the word who was made flesh. So right. the word is not just, it's not just some uh, impersonal, force or entity. something entity yeah. the word is a person that we can relate and, to and he is he is god yeah he is god well why did this have to happen why did this even have to happen with jesus being god and and uh, coming to the earth well because of what god said the promise and the prophecy the first prophecy and promise were made by god in genesis chapter 3 verse 14 after the sin after the fall of man he said, and so the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, you know, corrupted the woman, deceived the woman, uh, because the woman said, uh, when the Lord said to her, what have you done? What is this you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. 
So God is responding to that by saying, because you have done this, you have cur- you are more cursed than all the cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity, war, between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. And he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. So we're looking at something very interesting that we read through too quickly. We talk about his seed, the, the seed of the serpent, the seed of the woman. And we're talking about from this and through this coming forth of the seed of the woman, there would be a crushing, a destruction of this serpent and his whole kingdom. Yeah, a wounding, a wounding of the seed of the woman. Of course, Jesus was wounded bruised, for, bruised our, for our iniquity. Yeah, wounded, wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. So he was wounded, but at that same time, in through the wounding of Jesus, mm-hmm. Satan's head was has crushed. It, it's a fatal. It's a fatal wound. He's it's already fatal got blow. the fatal wound through what Jesus has done for us on the cross. Uh, the fatal wound of Satan is there, even though Satan is still kicking and screaming and, and, and messing things up. Yeah. But he's, his he's fatal done. wound is done. is fatal. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. it's he's done. He's as good as done, and yet we see him kicking around, so we yeah. still believe that he isn't done. But he is according to the word of God, the mighty one who, who speaks the truth. But anyway, so the so we ha- we see here an, ish- an interesting mystery that someone was going to come who was the seed of the woman. And obviously that word seed is what we now understand to be the DNA of a human, a woman. Um, so the woman was going to be, Satan used the woman to, you know, break up the garden of Eden. And so now God is going to use a woman to fix it. So it's kind of a bookend deal. Satan does a make, makes a move, then God makes a move, and it's kind of a counter move. And so God says to Satan, "Okay, say, you want to mess, you want to use my my woman to mess this up, then I'll use a woman to mess you up." And that's kind of the way it goes spiritually in the war, if you understand the battle. And so, um, but we see in Isaiah then a kind of an obscure but interesting um, prediction or prophecy in the middle of of you know talking to Israel about their downfall and the things that are, the calamities that are about to happen to them for their rebellion. God, he says in Isaiah seven fourteen. do you have that, Jerry? You want to read that? Yeah, I, I, I will have it in just a moment. <laughs> I, I will have it in just a moment here. Um, so, yeah, so while you're looking for that, so the question is, why did this seed of the woman, ha- why did the woman have to be a virgin? Let, let's why look. did she, why did, okay, go ahead. Yeah, Isaiah seven fourteen. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Mm-hmm. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, which is interpreted God with us. Okay. That was just kind of like dropped in the middle of a whole different conversation that Isaiah was, the prophet yeah, was making. It, just, it was like, it just popped right in. Yeah. There. And it's like, well, where does this fit in all of that? And, and so it was like, you know, it was interesting. But anyway, it was found. Um, you know, we found it, the virgin, it's not a young woman that was going to conceive because a lot of young women conceive in and outside of marriage, but this was a particular, a virgin. So why did this have to be a virgin that would do the impossible of conceiving a son? You can't really conceive without there being, uh, you know, uh, 46 is it set, chromosomes and here she's only got 20 through 23. I didn't do the research, but she was, had half of what was needed to make complete a human 
child, an infant in, uh, in the womb. And so we have, okay, so this child that was going to be born, Emmanuel, God with us, was also not just of human uh, origin, came through the woman, but also came through the uh, God, God himself and by the power of the Holy Spirit. So you say, why, why is all this so important? Well, it's important if you understand what the real problem was that that the the sin had been committed by humans and therefore Satan was demanding that humans would have to pay the price. You know, they sinned, therefore they're the ones who are going to have to die. So God had to, you know, operate under that parameter that whoever it was that was going to save the world had to be human. Couldn't just be, you know, somebody descending from heaven, a mighty God like you know, with you know all of his godly principles and godly powers and just zap, zap, zap and everybody. No, no, no. It had to come within the ranks of the human mankind. Yeah, because, you know, it says in Romans chapter 3, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So sin had defiled, corrupted mankind. Mm-hmm. Not you know, All through there's that tendency for sin. There's all the way through in, in human human beings but you know, there's still we were created in the likeness and image, image of, of God. God. For that is God our true to be. In original nature. But most folks live according to their second nature, which right. is which is that sin. uh, that's that sinful. Uh, we well, they call it the sinful human nature. Yeah, but, but it's a description of what we're living in, right? Right. And what we do. Uh, yeah. But in in Matthew two twenty, we see a, a little a prediction here, a little promise, where um. Uh, where, where God is um, talking to, hold on. No, I'm in the wrong one. I think I am anyway, 220. Hold on, you find it. Who, who, are, you, who are you talking <laughs> about, honey? Where, um, yeah, where the virgin will come conceive and bring forth a son. And um, where they're talking about uh, to bring forth this divine son, there would have to be, you know, Joseph was told this, even in, in, in Luke, and where he was told, you know, take this woman, you know, it, don't be worried that she's already found to be with child because oh yeah well what you're talking about uh, Matthew 1:23 where he quotes Isaiah 7:14 behold a virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel which is translated yeah. god with us yeah so this is um in verse 1 uh, Matthew 1:21 uh, before that, in verse 20, it says, that which is conceived of her is of the Holy Spirit. This right. is God's word of assurance to Joseph, who thought, oh, my. Well, this is where the mystery begins. I mean, here's Joseph, a common carpenter man, you know, not a theologian, not a philosopher, not a, you know, a scholar, not a rabbi. And God is presenting to him this impossible mystery. How, you know, we take this woman, that which is conceived of her, is of the Holy Spirit, so she's already has like, she's like, already pregnant, and yet Joseph has never known her. Well, uh, yeah, it, and at that in the custom, he was oh also permitted to get rid of her if he didn't want her. Right, at this point. right, because it's like okay, it's like what a story. You think yeah. okay, I'm I'm basically engaged. Basically, an engagement was the same as a marriage, right there. Right, but and he he's thinking, oh my goodness, she's she's slept around on me. Yeah, and and what do, what do I do now? I I, I don't want to make her a public example. I'm just going to just do this privately, and then the Lord speaks to well, him. Well, how? He says, "Don't be afraid to take her, because what is conceived mm-hmm. in her is of the Holy Spirit." Now, this is—you think of this concept. So, okay, she's pregnant by the Holy Spirit. It's like, 
what? Well, not only you that, know, but in how all, can this be? Your common sense mind says no, that cannot be. That's quite and a story. So, um, yeah, so the Lord Himself had to appear to Joseph in a dream, Himself, and tell him what was up, because Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid, like you said, to take to you marry this as your wife, for that which is conceived of her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bear and bring forth a son. You shall call his name Jesus, and he will save his people from their sin. Um, all of this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall bring forth a son, bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is which is translated God with us. But also to bring forth the beginning of the promise of this woman, the seed of the woman had to crush the head of uh, of the serpent, but it has to. this seed has to also be of divine origin. And so then we, you know, so Joseph is getting introduced to the mystery, of, of a huge thing that is way bigger than anything he ever thought about in his whole life, and probably. so this fits with the principle that God had basically the firstborn, the one who, the son, I think it was particular, that opens the womb, the first, that's mm-hmm. the one that is de- devoted to the Lord, mm-hmm. belongs to the Lord. And and so this is consistent with what he had placed in the, in the law. In the scripture, in yeah. In the Old Testament law and so forth. So he's he's consistent with that. So he's running a theme. He says, this is how I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. And, and it's interesting, too, that Jesus Christ, of course, is sinless. He never sinned. Mm-hmm. Yet he came from a, a virgin. Who, who probably had who, some sins. Well, yeah, but because the thing she, is, was, not, she but, was not um But you, put, you, you bring up a point. He had to be sinless. Why did Jesus Christ have to be divine? Why did he have to be, you know, God and man? Because he had to be sinless. Why was that? There's a second mystery. He had to be sinless because the because otherwise Satan would have challenged God's solution, saying he cannot die for these people because he's already he would belongs die, to he, me. He would have to die for himself. Yeah, and, and because of the sinner, because the wages of sin is death. So, so he couldn't be totally human um, because then he would not have been divine. Well, I mean, wait a minute. He was, yeah, he was fully, fully God, yet fully man. Right. But yet the miracle of it is he was not tainted by sin, mm-hmm. even though you know, some people think that, oh, Mary, she was sinless and all the way through it. No, she, she said in Luke, she, she rejoiced in God, her Savior. Right. She right. knew she needed a Savior. Right. But that's a, a miracle mm-hmm. where it's like God brought forth a, his son as a, as a human being. Sinless. But bypass the sin part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he was <laughs> sinless. So Satan couldn't argue, well, he has no right to die because he's sinless. Well, if you look in... Uh, the, the the kind of the revealing of that is in the Philippians where in chapter two where we've all read it, but it says um, in chapter two verse three four and five, he says um, well, verse five starting there, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. So we're having the mind of Christ here, who Christ his mind, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation taking the form of a servant and coming in the likeness of man and being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Um, so therefore, so we're seeing here kind of a, a combination of things, the trans, and, and, and you know, he had, he had this guy, he laid aside, 
he literally laid aside his royalty to be born in a manger. I mean, is this what or Feed what? Feed trough. Yeah, yeah. Laid in his, and and he, he laid aside that royal robe to take upon himself the garments of a servant. You know, he's working amongst us, uh, healing us, uh, fixing our tables, uh, building our carts, um, walking on our streets, getting dusty and dirty. So um, what he laid aside was some of his attributes. In other words, he... Well, his divine rights. Right. Some of those <laughs> were just set aside for now mm-hmm. for he, the so purpose of suffering. He laid death. aside the privilege of living in, hebe- in heaven, and he laid aside uh, all of the reputation he had in heaven, the and power as the word um, that created all things. He, he laid all that aside to become the word of God made flesh to redeem all those things. Right. So and he created all those things, and now he's come down to well, buy them back. He's talking about here in Philippians about made himself of no reputation. In right. other words, he just common man came ra- basically <laughs> to the lowest place. I mean, in the lowest form. I, I, I mean, mean, you're, you're poverty you're, stricken. You're basically um, carpenters. Yeah. Uh, you know, he no. No, no elite status in no this. Elites, no, no elitism mm-hmm. about this. No. Because coming right right into the core of human beings. Actually, so so he, anybody, especially the poor and the needy and, and the, the homeless and the homeless, he was homeless. would be able to uh, relate mm-hmm. to him. And he's he, able to, to them, relate to, to us. Mm-hmm. He He's able to relate to us. Uh, not that here, someone said years ago that he didn't become man so he could know what we go through, but so that we, uh, how did that work? <laughs> not not only so, because he already knew that, but so we know that he knows. Yeah. We know that he knows he is tangibly related to everything he, that we he could. suffered he was like us he said he was tempted in every way like as to us l- yeah, like without, as to us yet without, without sin he so was, he was tempted to be discouraged he was tempted to feel abandoned which he actually cried out on the cross my god my god why have you forsaken me and talk about rejection i mean talk about mockery reproach shame yeah all of it i mean for all of the wonderful things he did for people healing the sick and delivering them and multiplying the bread and all kinds of things, he was ultimately, the tables flipped so quickly and he was hanging on a cross. You know, within hours of the time he he did his last miracle, he is is on the cross being crucified because the powers of this world don't care, didn't care what he did, what nice things he did, what helpful things he did to the people. All the, the powers of darkness wanted is get rid of him. Right, and it says John one eleven. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. Mm-hmm. So the, basically, we he came to us, and basically we slammed the door we in rejected his face. Him. Yeah, we said no, we don't want you. Well, this is this is exactly as we see this mounting. What's you know, going on today? Exactly, we see even in the in the uh, celebration of Christmas, which is also overlaid with the the wicked uh, winter solstice. You know, the devil's got his holiday, and Jesus got his holy day, but. So everything, they're always, you know, Satan is always trying to copycat what Jesus does and then distract or detract from the the true value, true meaning of what is going on so that people are sucked away into trivial things. The most, you know, at this time of the year, the most meditative, holy, precious, quiet, silent night, holy night, all these things, there, there's such a 
demonic clamor. Clamor and clutter. <laughs> to distract us from the simplicity yeah. of the power of the goodness well, of well, God. Well, you just think of it, the, the, the festivities, the parties. No, the God food, is, God the, is the not, trinkets, the it's, ornaments. It's the, nice to get together as families and all that kind of stuff. Of course, stuff. to celebrate. But, but, all, the, but all, the, all the trinkets, even the mm-hmm. gift giving, all the... The trees, the hurry, the hustle, the bustle, the, hurry, the hassle, the hustle, the bustle, the shopping, exhaustion, Black the expectations, Friday, the Black Friday, Cyber Monday. Yeah, it's all uh, all that. It, 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 it's it's just a big clutter to distract. Correct. Yeah, it's like we know who <laughs> it's supposed to be about. It's like years ago there was this little g- girl that was shopping in in a downtown mall area of a big city. And uh, <clears throat> all the lights and the Santas and the jingle bells and whatever else was going on. And she came by actually a major scene and saw the baby. She says to her mom, who's the baby? Mm-hmm. So Who's the baby? You know, yeah, who's yeah. the baby? So all this so, you know, celebration. Has been buried by the enemy trying to distract so us. So it's like, it's like it's party time instead of um, praising God, praising God yeah. for the real... So in this time, in this season, we have options. We have choices. We can either go along with the flow of craziness, madness, insanity, exhaustion, hassle, hustle, bustle, futility, upset, you know, worried about what people think and did I get the right gift and blah, blah, blah. Or we can slow down and take a moment for yourself to read some of these passages, sit with the Lord and Think about the things of God and, and ask God to simplify or slow down your life enough to have time to take a breath and to see what this big, huge, epic story that began in the garden is is now unfolding. And, and we're actually in the place of remembering this incredible intervention from heaven onto earth in the form of an infant baby Jesus. And, you know, the, the one of the other mysterious questions was we had several already, but the, the next one is why, um, when did Jesus realize that he was God or the son of God? And, 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 and also his brothers and sisters, I mean, it took them a long time. To, it's like, to okay, get, get yeah, it, right. That he was really who he said he yeah, was. Yeah, your oldest brother is the son but of God. But you can understand right. how difficult it would be just to oh, p- yeah. penetrate into mental mind, reality, uh, all of the things of this world that are all based on things contrary to God because the devil runs the world, how to make a statement where people say, well, maybe he is the Christ, the son of God. They were told, they were, they were waiting for this promise of the Messiah but I don't think they had any idea how he would arrive. I think they did not have any th- idea that he would come born of a virgin. I don't uh, probably, you know, Anna, Anna in the temple and Simeon kind of had maybe put it together uh, because they fasted and waited on God a lot. But I don't think hardly anybody, and they're common, interesting. They weren't wise men and they weren't, you know, wealthy. But the, the common person would have never figured out how God would send God promised the whole Old Testament and the Messiah is going to come, you know, how that would look. Would he just arrive in a chariot uh, brigade from heaven with, you know. a great general with an army to To set everything right. Throw the Romans Mm -hmm. uh, out of power. But why didn't he he do it like that? Why Just think about why didn't he just come like a lightning bolt down from heaven and just put everything in order and slay the wicked and be done with it. 
Well, you know, and here's another problem. Jesus, they were talking in, in the Old Testament about two different comings, the first coming, the second coming, although they weren't numbered that way. People never said, well, that's part of the second coming. Well, that's part of his first. They didn't know that. They didn't know that these scriptures were purposely, deliberately intermingled. I believe God purposely let it be un unrevealable. Uh, <laughs> that's Unclear. yeah, that's a good word. That's a better word. That because I don't believe He wanted Satan to figure it out either, because God knows all the secrets. Satan doesn't know all the secrets. So God has some. And interesting enough, God revealed a whole bunch of revelation at the end in His second coming and the end of the book. And I'm I'm sure Satan has read through that many times to try to figure out how he can stop God. Uh, and it, you know, but he's not going to be able to. So maybe he doesn't like reading if, that book. If he, if he actually read the book and actually believe it, he realizes there's no way he he's going to succeed. But see, even talking ultimately. about things like this are strange and unnecessary and uh, ridiculous uh, to the people in the world nowadays who are sucked up in all of the. The, the, the crisis and the drama and the divination and the witchcraft the fear, that and, the and, and the the strong delusion that they should believe lies and they have been sucked into the nets of destruction because they refuse the love of the truth that's what the Bible says in second Thessalonians the Bible is very clear that Jesus came the first time and we can rejoice in that silent night and that beautiful story and and, and even at that point in time within days, God had to send his precious son and Mary and Joseph fleeing into mm-hmm. Egypt because Herod, the devil, operating through Herod, had figured out that this this boy, because of Another the Another King because A of the wise king. men, the wise men came from the east and they kind of spilled the beans. They didn't mean to. They were just looking, honestly, I think, for a for a king. But it was the enemy trying to alert and get Herod all paranoid, which he already was paranoid, mm-hmm. to send a search party, a, a, a butchering party out to mm-hmm. find this baby. And so another dream, Joseph got another dream. And in that, praise God, Joseph was obedient to his dreams and yeah. they fled into Egypt. Yeah. And and so this, the saga, the drama of Jesus, is, I mean, within days, the enemy's already trying to kill him. To get rid of him mm-hmm. isn't this amazing mm-hmm. i mean it's like okay so we are at war for real and there's really bloodshed that was shed on that wicked horrible night when others were murdered sacrificed the innocents were sacrificed as often today is the case because of the truth of the appearance the arrival of the son of god but then you go to the question well how when did jesus know that he was the son of god well there's you know we have several things um, that that kind of allude to that. Um, it said he grew in grace and knowledge and the revelation of Jesus Christ. It said well, that we, we we hear when um, you know when they were uh, when he was twelve years old mm-hmm. and he was in the temple with the uh, the religious scholars and so forth mm-hmm. and um, Mary and Joseph you know they'd gone out and they said well they'd gone what two days. And they didn't realize Jesus wasn't in their group, and they went mm-hmm. back into Jerusalem, and they found him, you know, talking and asking questions uh, of the uh, religious leaders, and they were amazed at his answers. And mm-hmm. they said, "Well, how come you came looking for me? Because don't you know I must be about my father's 
business. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know if we can ever pinpoint when exactly that he knew, but we knew at the age of 12. Well, he had his divinity with him the whole time. Right. And, but yet he he had his divinity with him the whole time. Yet as he grew in wisdom and stature Mm -hmm. and in favor with God and with man. Mm -hmm. So there was a, 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 like a, apparently a developmental revelation of his time, his purpose, and everything. Well, like as that. with all of us, as and with every knew, child. Right, and he knew when he was about like 30 years old after, you know, in, in Nazareth being a, a carpenter, repairing mm-hmm. furniture, building cabinets, whatever, he knew it was time to step out mm-hmm. into that ministry yeah. uh, that God had given him. But we all have this same mysterious question to grapple with you know, we're born into this world. We don't even know for the first couple of years that we have, we're here, that there is a world, that there's anything unusual or dangerous about it, or that, you know, usually, unless, of course, we're born in very dangerous situations, which happens often, more often than probably the other. Um, but, you know, we too have to come to this, uh, and, and not that Jesus had to come to it. He probably already knew who he was. But we have to come to what Jesus knew, that we are also created as the sons and daughters of the Most High God. And that identity has been truly obscured. And, and um, you know, uh, the enemy is trying to do everything to get you to not know who you are and where you came from so that you will be just tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine that goes uh, through this this airwaves. And Satan, the God of this world, is going to make sure as much as he can that as few people as possible ever realize who their they really true, are, yeah. their true identity. Here's the deal with Jesus. The reason he was, because if you look in John 6, 7, and 8, there chan- there's about at least 20 different opinions about who he is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and people were challenging him. His identity. And, and, his, and his, mm-hmm. Who are you? Are you a devil? Are you the son of uh, God? Are you are a you great prophet? prophet? Yeah. Are you Moses? Are you Elijah? Are you, uh, you know, born out of wedlock? You know, uh, they they had all these different opinions. And they couldn't figure it but out. But what kept him, what kept him all the way to the cross. Was knowing. Be, as knowing, he says, I, in John chapter, um, uh, all the way through John, there's all the I am's. I am the good shepherd. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. All these things. I am the door of the sheep. I uh, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the light of the world. All those things. Mm-hmm. He understood his uh, his true identity. That's what kept him. And here, the thing is too is for us when we knew our true identity as mm-hmm. as sons and daughters loved by Jesus Christ and called according to His purpose. When we understand that, know that okay. our true identity. No matter what people say about us or how people come against us, that's our rock. That's our anchor is understanding who we really are in Christ Jesus. Well, and Jesus said in John chapter 8 when they were questioning him and and, uh, harassing him and calling him a demon and your witness is not true. um, He said to them, Jesus answered and said to them, even if I bear witness of myself, my witness is true. For I know where I came from and where I am going. But you do not know where I come from and where I am going. You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. So he says, the fact that he knew where he was from and he knew where he was going. He knew his purpose. He knew where he was going to end up. 
he had the whole thing completed in that I know who I am because I know where I'm from. And that's the same, that's the same argument we use. I know who I am because I know where I'm from because I believe what God said when he said, you know, I created you in my image and brought you forth in my likeness. Um, so this is how he knew who he was because he already had no issue or question about who he was because he knew where he was from and where he was going. And they just went nuts with that. So it was like, in, in, in wrapping this up, it's like Satan is, think about this, if it's, a, if, it's, if it's not this at all, but in a very weak analogy, um, Satan started out with all of the assets, all the chips in the game on his, on his side. He had everything. We he, gave him the chips in yeah, the garden. Yeah, because we gave him our power. Right. He had everything except one, one chip, the least amount, the, the least amount of anything God could work with, the, the least number, the smallest in size is one infant. That's all God had on his side of the table. And that's all that was needed. Mm-hmm. He sent the baby who became who reversed man, who the be, curse, who re, yeah. he exposed and undid and destroyed Satan. And that is coming, that wonderful destruction. Did I say that? Yes, that wonderful promise of the destruction and the end of all this madness and this world's filled with enmity and evil is coming to an end very soon by the power and grace and word and promise of God you know, we're not doomsdayers. That's not a doomsday prophecy. That is a wonderful promise that the Lord God is going to come a second time and re- redeem all that has been violated and ruined. God will redeem all that's willing to be redeemed. In, in First John, uh, John chapter 3, the second half of verse 8, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested mm-hmm. that he might destroy the works, the works of, of the, evil the devil. Mm-hmm. And so that's, Lord, we pray that we thank you, Lord, that you came, Lord Jesus Christ, the Word, the eternal Word. You became flesh, a Son of Man. Son of God. Son of Man. The Son of God became the Son of Man that that he might uh, redeem and, mm-hmm. and create um, sons of the kingdom, us, sons and daughters, uh, and and redeem us to set us free, Father. And we, we thank you, Lord, that mm-hmm. you you came to break the power of Satan mm-hmm. in and our lives, mm-hmm. to break the strongholds of fear and disease, disease, sickness, hopelessness, and, and discouragement, hope deferred, shame, uh, rejection. All these things you came to break these these prisoners and set these us free. prisons mm-hmm. that the that the enemy has created within our own lives. You came to break those, break open those prisons, uh, uh, unlock those doors so we can be free. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lord, for doing that. And you said whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And we thank you, Father, for setting us free from the hopelessness, the hope deferred, the helplessness, the injustices. Mm-hmm. And those who have a broken spirit, even now I declare that by his stripes, he's come to heal the brokenhearted. He's come to heal those who also have a broken spirit. And so we now declare that those who are sitting in that place where they have no hope, where they cannot move, maybe their health is is in jeopardy. Maybe it's their finances. Maybe it's their relationships. They have no more moves on the board, so to speak. 
They have one more move, and that's a vertical move. You can move up towards and in the Holy Spirit to seek out God's favor, God's solution, God's help, because God's help is available. You can't move horizontally on this board. You have to move vertically, go up, and let the Lord heal your broken spirit, your broken heart. Father, we ask these things now at this precious time as you gave gifts to man, uh, and remember that great gift of Jesus that you'll also give gifts again to us in the, in the form of, of courage, encouragement, life, restoration of loved ones, um, re- restoring of relationships, forgiveness, Father God, that we will come to the place of the power and revelation of your love, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we're including or inviting you to join us again at www.liferecovery.com and pick out your Christmas gifts. I would suggest God on Trial. It's a 28-episode audio drama, very powerful. It's both entertaining and educational and inspirational. And, and evangel- biblical. And, yeah, that too. <laughs> and evangelistic. All of the above. Uh, and so you can, it's a drama, audio drama. You can, it's easy to listen to and easy to give. So check it out, liferecovery.com, God on Trial. Have a blessed day. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.